Hey, hey, it is May, and that means that I am celebrating mom's big time over here at Mama Simpatico. Because Mother's Day is this month, I want to offer free mom life check-ins to both village members and non-village members. So if you could use a little live virtual support, connection, laughter, a place to shed a tear, or just to spend an hour with moms who get it, come hang out with me and fellow mamas. Head on over to mamasimpatico.com backslash momlifechecken, all one word, no hyphens, to sign up. I hope to see you there. Welcome to Mom School, where I help busy and stressed moms like you create a more joyful, balanced, and fulfilling mom life journey. My name is Lacey Newton, and as a mom of two and creator of Mama Simpatico, I understand the challenges of motherhood all too well. And through my own journey of discovery, I've learned the power of mindfulness in helping me move from surviving to thriving. I want to help you intentionally create a mom life that feels good and is aligned with who you are and who you are becoming. So join me on this journey to raise the tide of happiness and mom life for all of us mamas. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Have you ever been in the position of really needing something for yourself, but then felt drawn to meet the needs of someone else instead of your own? If you're a mom and listening to this, I know without a doubt that you have experienced this with your kids, and it makes sense that this would be a struggle in mom life. I mean, babies and toddlers and kids have limited abilities to meet their own needs. However, most of us have experienced this beyond our young kids and within our relationships and our friendships and our working connections as well. It's a common double bind. Do you take care of yourself or do you take care of the other person? Choosing yourself might lead to guilt, which is very uncomfortable. Choosing others might lead to resentment, which feels even worse in my experience. So welcome to a new theme here at Mom School. For the next four episodes, I'll be talking about different ways that you can say no in order to feel more like yourself. This is a fun topic for me to host at the moment, as it's the beginning of spring over here on the west coast of the U.S., and it has been a long winter. The sun is starting to shine on us Californians after an epic amount of rainfall, and I, like most of us, are extremely ready to close out the winter season. So as spring settles in, I'm thinking of this month at mom school and in the village as a bit of a mindfulness-based spring cleaning. As we say goodbye to winter storms and continuous gray, we can also wave goodbye to beliefs and actions that are no longer serving us. We can look for what is unnecessary in our lives and even what is holding us back and let it go. Very much like a home that has accumulated stuff from winter holidays, dust, bulky winter clothes, and we can sift through our activities and interactions and mental space to clear it up as well and make more room for what we do want as we move forward. During this episode, I'll talk about why you might consider letting go of the idea of being nice and invite you instead to consider being kind. And by the end of the episode, you'll understand the differences between these two concepts and the impact that they might have in our lives. And I'll give you a pearl, a practice for real life that you can implement today to begin to shift away from niceness and toward kindness and feel more like yourself. 
Okay, so my kids have a Berenstein Bears story about Christmas time. And at one point in the book, Sister Bear thinks of Santa and her list for him and has a moment of serious concern about whether or not she's been nice enough this year to receive gifts from Santa. Many kids who celebrate Christmas and receive gifts from Santa must wrestle with this idea of the naughty or nice list, at least at some point in time as if this could ever be as black and white as the myth suggests. And this idea of valuing niceness above all other characteristics can stay with us as we grow up, even for those of us who didn't struggle with the Santa list dilemma. We get messages all over our culture that we are supposed to be nice to each other, and if you're not nice, you're at risk of losing connections with others. Kids are told to play nice and sometimes told if they don't want to be nice, they can go to their rooms. Women are often valued for being nice and called names when they're not. And I'm not going to say those names on this podcast, but you know what I mean. And because of these messages, niceness has turned into a coping mechanism that many of us have adopted to help us maintain a feeling of being loved and accepted. It often starts naturally in childhood out of fear of losing attachment with our caregivers and, for some of us, Santa. We learned that doing whatever it took to keep others happy with us would help us survive, and we sum it all up as being nice. When we value being nice above all else as kids, we did this because we feared the potential of expressing ourselves and displeasing our caregivers. We needed them to care for us and maintain our survival. We couldn't do it on our own. It may have worked when we were children, but as adults with so much more access to the world, being nice can feel like a chokehold. If left unquestioned, being nice is a front that we use as protection. When we are nice, we refrain from disagreements with others, sharing our goals and ambitions with others, and questioning broken systems. We don't laugh too loudly, we don't cry with outrage, and we don't shine our inner gifts out of fear of upsetting others. We stifle our authenticity in order to be pleasing and create positive feelings in others when they think of us. And so when we constantly push our authenticity to the back burner, we can build up resentment towards the very people that we want to please. We keep people in our lives whose humor contrasts our values, who prioritize their needs above everyone else's, and who don't see who we really are. And not only do we attract mismatched people into our lives by being nice, we don't attract people who are a really good fit for us because we keep our authentic selves hidden. We never realize that we met someone at our kid's birthday party they were invited to who also thinks a jam and Saturday night is watching Amy Poehler movies and playing Rummy Cube. We don't know this because we never shared it in the first place. And while niceness appears to be about others, especially when we're told things like be nice to your friends, it's actually about us. It's an armor that protects us from difficult emotions that arise around conflict or standing up for what's right or feelings of rejection. And it keeps us from truly seeing others as well because we are so focused on trying to make sure they like us that we don't actually connect and get to know them. So instead of being nice, I will invite you to consider letting go of or saying no to it. Saying no to being nice. It's not healthy for you or your connections with others. 
And you can let go of being nice by shifting your focus to being kind. If being nice is about getting others to have a favorable opinion of you, being kind is about compassion, including you and attempts at negotiating options to meet all needs. While niceness is about maintaining a favorable image, kindness is being able to see clearly and taking skillful action. Niceness keeps us only focused on the needs and wants of others. Kindness values all perspectives and experiences. And when you are trying to be nice, you stifle your opinions. When you are trying to be kind, you say what needs to be said in a loving, respectful, and possibly at times fierce way. If you are extra nice, you say what you think others want to hear. If you are extra kind, you say what you really mean. And within a conflict, if we approach others with niceness, we are trying to keep the peace above finding a resolution. This communicates a distrust within the relationship. Like you can't trust that the person can handle their emotions if what you say upsets them. And that you cannot handle your own difficult emotions if what you say upsets them. Kindness, on the other hand, respects that both you and the other person can handle the emotional uprising during a conflict. A helpful tool for staying kind during a conflict is nonviolent communication. I have a podcast episode about this, and I will link to that in the show notes. Another option you have as you explore kindness is one that's brought up by Kristen Neff. She is one of the lead researchers on self-compassion and the person who first introduced the idea of the self-compassion break. She recently shared her idea of fierce self-compassion in her book appropriately titled Fierce Self-Compassion. Her idea of fierce self-compassion is a little different than the more commonly known self-nurturing and soothing self-compassion. Fierce self-compassion is the often outward action that we must take in order to show ourselves kindness. It's mama bear protecting her cubs at all costs. Nurturing self-compassion is a gentle and tender inward world. Fierce self-compassion is standing up for what is right for you. Fierce self-compassion can look like telling your boss you can't accept the way they treated you in a meeting or boycotting a business who doesn't share your values, or making the hard decisions about going back to work or staying home from work when you've just had a new baby. Fierce self-compassion might look like telling your family you need time to focus when you work or meditate, and please don't come in the room unless it's an emergency. Fierce self-compassion requires bold action, but it's still kind. It's kind to yourself because it helps you communicate with others what you are needing, and it can be done with assertive, clear kind communication, like nonviolent communication. And while kindness can be super uncomfortable at times, especially as we are transitioning out of niceness, what can you do with those icky, uncomfortable emotions that arise? Well, you can lean on the nurturing self-compassion. Give yourself comfort and soothing self-talk. Remind yourself things like, it's okay to speak my truth. If my kind approach closes doors, new ones will open. I can handle these emotions. Relationships grow stronger through conflict and resolution. They can handle their emotions just like me. And the more self-compassion you allow yourself to feel while shifting out of niceness and into kindness, the more you'll be able to connect with those people that you are making these shifts around. You'll have compassion for the big emotions that your changes arise in them without needing to fix it and go back to niceness. 
you'll be able to understand the reactions as natural part of shifting and be able to hold space for their reactive change process without losing yourself and reverting to that niceness or damaging the relationship out of anger. And regarding mom life specifically, this niceness can show up in our family lives as us moms try keeping others happy at the expense of ourselves. It begins with helpless babies, but we don't always shift this as our kids grow and develop more independence. And when we do finally take a moment or two for ourselves, we feel so much guilt that it almost doesn't seem worth it. But I'm going to encourage you to chew on this gem that I got from Gabor Mate in the Mindfulness Exercises podcast. If you have a choice between guilt and resentment, choose guilt. Resentment is so much worse. When I heard this idea, I stewed on it for a long time because I had been struggling with a lot of guilt in one area of my life. I felt so much responsibility for the happiness of a few close people that I was filled with resentment when I was doing what I thought would please them. And then I was tormented with guilt when I was doing what was healthy for me, but left them feeling upset. And resentment was creating distance with the people that I was trying to stay close to. And the guilt didn't create that same need for distance within me. What Gabor said was true for me. Choosing guilt is better than choosing resentment. And you might play with it and see if it's true for you. And I just want to make sure I touch on one more reality. What about those of us in situations where we've been so nice because other people are problematically rough with us? The way they talk to us is clearly not kind. Well, we will talk more about this next week when we talk about boundaries. But the message I'd like to share from this week is that you can expect others to treat you with kindness as well. Expecting kindness from others is a form of fierce self-compassion. And while we are at it, let's connect this to our own inner wisdom, which is one of the elements of living mindfully as a mom. Our inner wisdom is a voice of kindness, not niceness. Our inner voice isn't there to appease us or to keep us happy all the time. It's there to show us the truth, remind us of what we are doing that is helpful and not helpful, and keep us aligned to our values. Even if it upsets us for a bit, and is hard. Our inner wisdom, it knows that we can handle our big feelings and it's there to provide us with nurturing self-compassion. We have talked a lot about the differences between niceness and kindness, why trying to be nice all the time is unhelpful, unskillful, and unhealthy. We also talked about what we can do with those uncomfortable emotions that arise when we are trying to step out of niceness and into kindness. So this week, I'd like to offer you a pearl to help you step along the path of kindness rather than niceness. And the pearl is say what you mean. Say your honest answer when it's asked for, when it's called for, when you have something to say. Say your emotional experience. Lean on nonviolent communication to ask for what you need. If someone asks you what you want for dinner, take a moment and really figure out what your body is craving. If there is a movie to pick, check in with the genre you are called to. If you need to set a boundary, start to explore what that boundary is and stay tuned. We will talk about boundaries more next week. And I will close by inviting you to again consider the dilemma I brought up at the opening of this episode. How do you choose between two mutually incompatible situations, one that builds resentment and one that builds guilt? Saying no can be difficult for many of us. It can bring up conflict and upset others. 
and it can even bring up our own inner rebel. But ultimately, it is not helpful to appease everyone. Resentment comes from niceness and is more unhealthy for us than guilt, which comes from kindness. So we may need to say no to others, and the best way to approach this is with kindness and not niceness. Next week, like I said, we will dive into how setting boundaries and respecting boundaries is one of the best ways to deepen a connection. And in the spirit of kindness and self-kindness, if you are finding your inner thoughts, your inner world is a tough place to be, like you are hard on yourself, you can check out my free course for moms on how to stop being so hard on yourself. You'll learn self-compassion step-by-step as a realistic tool to manage that inner self-critic. And you can check it out through the link in the show notes. Remember, you are in good company. Thank you for sharing your time and your practice with me. May this information benefit you, your loved ones, and moms all over the world.